0: I have the privilege of preaching from the book of Joshua this morning. I'm really excited. Um, You know, I really love the book of Joshua. And I say that not because I'm a pastor. I say that because I really do love the Word of God. Um, And I've been studying the book of Joshua for quite a while now. And the more I read it, the more I love it. So I encourage all of you to read it, even though... This morning, we're going to cover 10 chapters, and the 10 chapters is about the division of land, right? Um, um, This tribe takes that land, this tribe takes that land, and there are a lot of names here. So I'll say to you this morning, as I said yesterday, if you are a young parent in this place, and you are going to have a newborn, and you don't know what name to call your newborn, these are the chapters to read. Chapter 11, 12, 13, all the way to 20, because there are at least 80 to 90 different names here that you can pick uh, to name your son or your daughter. Is that okay? But as you do that, uh, remember to only pick the good ones and not the kings that fell, all right? Joshua conquered some kings that fell, so those are the names you don't want to call your sons and daughters. But today I'm going to call uh, uh, my sermon entitled, Give Me This Mountain. Can all of you say it with me today? Give me this mountain. Amen. Give me this mountain. You know, yesterday I preached, uh, so, to, so we're covering Joshua 11 to 20. So it's, it's 10 chapters. It's very long. So what I, I, I thought impressed upon my heart is yesterday I covered a broad sweep of, of uh, 11 to 20. So uh, yesterday is the prequel to today. Uh, uh, So please catch it uh, because I will talk about inheritance, I talk about driving the people out of the land, I talk about how uh, we can put our stake and our stand in the inheritance that God has given us. But today, as I've already covered a broad sweep, I want to narrow in into one of the, I don't know, the lesser preached chapters of the Bible, but a very, very powerful, so I hope to invigorate your love for the Word of God because today I want to talk about Caleb right? We always talk about Joshua. Who is Joshua? Joshua Joshua's this. Joshua did this. Joshua did that. But I think very seldom we talk about who is Caleb, right? Um, How many of us know the history of Caleb, the tribe that Caleb comes from? Like, who is this Caleb except that you know that is just Joshua and somehow this guy called Caleb. So we always think that this Caleb is Joshua's right-hand man. We always think that this Caleb is uh, maybe a bit more submissive in character, a little bit more uh, uh, would follow Joshua where he goes, would, would, you know, be the right-hand man, the general for Joshua. But today, I may change your mind if you have ever thought that before. Is that okay? So today, I want to... Uh, um, I want to, before I even go into my sermon, I would just like to preempt with one short statement. As we talk about, give me this mountain, I want to give you a short few seconds to think for yourself. What are the mountains you are facing in your life this morning? Or at least in this season. Or at least in the last two years. What are the mountains you are facing this morning? What are the giants in your life that you are facing today? In this season. What is it? And it doesn't have to be always about work and health. It could be about a personal struggle. It could be about a struggle of your loved ones. It could be about even a struggle in the church. It could be about a struggle in the nation, about your love for the nation. It could be anything. What are the mountains and the giants you're facing this morning? And as you bear that in mind, I want to go into my sermon. Is that okay? Are we ready? Amen? Morning, church. Okay, give me a wave. Good morning. Good morning. Good to see um, all of you this morning. Thank you for, for that. Okay, I want to talk, who is this Caleb? Let me give you a brief introduction to the guy called Caleb. So there's only a few chapters in the Bible that talk about this guy called Caleb. But who is Caleb? Number one, he was 40 years old when he spied the promised land. All right, so that's his age. So the reference is there. So that's how I got his age. All right, so it is scriptural. It is biblical. He's 40 years old. You, do me a favor, everybody in this room. Who amongst us here are 40 years old, plus and minus three years. You're plus and minus, so 37 to 43. 37 to 43? And he said, okay, that's about eight or nine or 10 of you. Okay, I'm 38, by the way. Okay, maybe 20. All right, great. So you fall under this category. You are now Caleb, all right? You, uh, Moses has sent you to spy on the promised land. Now, the promised land is the land of Israel. I want you to imagine that they walk on foot, all right, I don't I don't think they have a horse or a donkey because they're supposed to be spies. They walk on foot from the bottom of Israel all the way to Hazor on top, the, the waters of Merom, and all the way back down again. So they traverse the whole land one to three months. So imagine of you walking from Johor to Penang all the way back down to Johor and then you come back to Moses and, and tell, tell Moses uh, 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 your testimony of the land, all right? So that's 40 years old. So I believe God sent a young man, but yet... Uh, 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 I'm talking about myself. Young man, but at least very mature to be able to discern the land, right? Um, That's who Moses sent or who God sent. What else about Caleb? Next, 40 years he wandered in the desert. I just want you to remember that. Remember Joshua and Caleb after they spied the promised land, they came back and they told Moses, we can take this promised land. So Moses sent 12 people. Out of 12 people, two, Joshua and Caleb says, yes, let's go. Out of the 12, 10 say, no, no go. All right, two said yes, ten said no. And because ten said no, these ten actually convinced the whole tribe of Israel to say no. We cannot take the promised land because the promised lands are full of giants. The promised land is full of mountains. The promised land is full of soldiers and cities. They said, no, no, go. Let's go back to Egypt instead. And God was actually furious. God was angry at the lack of faith. So God says, all you Israelites, you are to go and wander in the desert for 40 more years. Do you know that the, the journey from Egypt to Jericho is 11 days? So before I even move on, sometimes when, when we fail to have faith, sometimes when God says go and we say no out of our fear, out of our disobedience, out of our lack of faith, maybe God is saying to some of us, or at least me, instead of an 11-day journey, God is taking us on a 40-year journey to build our faith, to increase our faith once again. And if you are in that season, Today, we say, give me this mountain. So I want you to bear in mind that all the colleagues of Caleb said no. And because they said no, he is now condemned to go and wander in the desert for 40 years. I want you to imagine how Caleb and Joshua would feel. Hey, God, 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 hold on. I said yes. They said no. Can I not go in with my tribe, right? Can I, there's 12 tribes of Israel. Can I not go in first? Give me the land first, and then the rest can follow later. Forty years later, you give it to them, but I go in first. God says, no, 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 no. God works in a corporate setting. SIB, God works in a SIBKL setting. That's why I'm encouraging all of us here to have faith today to have faith to arise today because I don't want S.I.B. to be the 10 that says no to God and that he takes us on a 40 years wander around the wilderness. I want S.I.B. to be the 2 that says yes to God and that we will only take 11 days to go into Jericho and conquer the land. So in that 40 years, I want you to imagine Joshua and Caleb. They were wandering the desert for 40 years and say, okay, because of you, right? I'm now wandering the desert for 40 years. They are the original Kelly Clarkson song. Because of you, I never strayed too far. Okay, all right. Anyways, um, um, forget that ever happened. Let's move on to, to Bible, okay? Um, because of you, I'm wandering the desert for 40 years. Because of you, my family is wandering in the desert. Because of you, I cannot enjoy the grapes, the pomegranates, the figs, and the land that God has promised us. But yet, Caleb and Joshua follows wholeheartedly. Now, that is the moral of that story. So I want want to encourage all of you, if you feel like you are the one with faith, but yet maybe your family is the one that lack of faith, maybe your cell group is the one that lack of faith, Joshua and Caleb never judged the 10. There is, I read Deuteronomy, Exodus, Numbers, and Leviticus, and Joshua, and Judges. It never once said that Joshua and Caleb judged, that Joshua and Caleb despised their colleagues. It never once said Joshua and Caleb condemned them, never. It says, Joshua and Caleb followed the Lord wholeheartedly and obeyed. So if you are the two that says yes, I want us to learn from Joshua and Caleb. Don't be despising them. Don't be judging other people. But be the followers of Christ wholeheartedly and says yes. Whatever you say, God, there must be a good reason and I will follow you wholeheartedly. Amen, church? All right. Okay, I'm only on my my first slide. 40 years, okay? Then in the next point, I want you to know 40 years old, he spied the promised land. 40 years, he wandered in the desert. So how old was he now? 80 years old. He must be 80 years old when he fought Jericho. So look me up, chapter 14, verse 10. He was 80 years old when he fought Jericho. I want you to keep that in mind. Joshua was a little older. Joshua was 90 plus. Caleb was 80 years old when they fought Jericho. I want you to, if you remember uh, the weekend weekend, Pastor Aaron preached about Jericho. Yes, I remember now, all right? And when, when he preached about, um, about how God, the commander-in-chief, appeared before Joshua, and what did Joshua immediately do? What's the first thing he did? He, he took out his, he drew his sword, but he approached the commander-in-chief and he says, are you with me or against me? This guy, Joshua, at 90 years old, is still ready to fight He's as strong as ever. He's not weak. This guy, he says, are you with me or against me? Because if you're against me, I'm gonna, I am gonna. have my sword and my hilt, and I'm going to fight you. But if you are for me, then good, we don't have to fight. I want you to also now remember Caleb is 80 years old when he conquered Jericho. How many of us here, do me a favor, are you 80 years old? How many of us here are 80 on the dot, on the dot? I'm just going by faith. Anyone 80 years old on the dot, none? Okay, no worries, okay? No worries. But if you know your parents, you know your loved ones who is 80 years old, I want you to go home and encourage them. You are not old. You are a Caleb, all right? You still have the strength to give me this mountain. So he was 80 years old when he fought Jericho. And more interestingly, the battle to conquer the Promised Land took five years, five to six years. I just want you to imagine. We read Joshua chapter 2 to chapter uh, 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 9 in one glance, chapter 11, one glance, and we go, okay, so God gave Jericho, God gave Ai, God gave Gilgal. God gave the southern, God gave the northern uh, part. Okay, great, God gave everything, must, everything must have been done, boop, 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 in a few months, right? No, 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 no. It says in, 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 in chapter 14, verse 10, it took them five to six years to win the battle for the promised land. And now Caleb is 85 years old. I want you to keep that in mind, the age. 85 years old. My first point in Give Me This Mountain is this carry a different spirit. Say it with me, carry a different spirit. Amen. I want to turn, before I go into the book of Joshua, let me refer to the book of Numbers. I want to read from this book of Numbers because. Uh, uh, this is actually where Caleb was first mentioned. Numbers chapter 14, 6 to 9 and 24. Joshua son of Nun, okay, he's not a son of a nun or neither is he an orphan, Joshua's son of Nun and Caleb's son of Japhune who were among those who had explored the land tore their clothes and said to the entire Israelite assembly, the land we passed through and explored is exceedingly good. It's not even just good. It's not just great. It is exceedingly good. If the Lord is pleased with us, which He is, He will lead us into that land, a land flowing with milk and honey. Now, when you hear the land flowing with milk and honey, automatically your brain will go, oh, there must be cows, there must be gold. There must be pastures. Honey means there must be bees, which means there must be ripe agricultures for bees to grow, which means the lamb is exceedingly good, and, and the Lord will give it to us. Verse 9, only do not rebel against the Lord and do not be afraid of the people of the land, because we will swallow them up. Their protection is gone, but the Lord is with us. Very interesting. Before I even move on, hold that verse there, right? Media, thank you so much. Their protection is gone. You know what that means? It means that 40 years before they even wandered the wilderness, God has already prepared for them To conquer the promised land. God has already in the spiritual removed the spiritual protection of the the Hittites and all the Amalekites and all the Canaanites that lives there. God has already prepared for them to step in. The only thing that deterred is their lack of faith. Let me continue. But the Lord is with us. Do not be afraid of them, because my servant Caleb. Now God says, because my servant Caleb has a different spirit and follows me wholeheartedly, I will bring him into the land he went to and his descendants will inherit it. There's a few points I want to mention before I even move on to my, the first point. It's this, number one, God will bring him into the land. Number two, God has already prepared for him to win the battles in that land. And number three, which is perhaps the one I love the most, is this. God is bringing Caleb in, but who is the land for? The descendants of Caleb that were inherited. I want us all to remember. Now, of course, this stands out for me because now I'm a parent myself, right? So I always go, God, if you want me to do something, let me start it but let my sons inherit it. Now, if you are a parent in this place, I know you will resonate with me. God, give me this mountain. Let me start the project. Let me carry the the spirit of Caleb. But God, let it not stop with me. Let it not stop with just my wife and me. Let me and my wife, we pass on this inheritance to both our sons. Now, that's the God of generations. God says, I'm going to give it to you, parents of S-I-B-K-L. But SIB care is not just for the parents. SIB would last generations to generations. Your children and your children's children and their children's children will be blessed in this house because God has already seen how your children's children will worship here. And God says, you, the parents' generation, are to create, to build that spiritual atmosphere, to build that spirit of faith, to carry it on to the next and to the next and to the next. Because God does not only think of one generation, God thinks of generations. Shins. Plural. S. Okay, that's not my sermon, but that's, uh, that's, that's, that's what God spoke to me. But today, I want to explain. What does a different spirit mean? What is a different spirit? Number one, Caleb saw that the land is exceedingly good. He saw. He saw the land. Now, in that land, now, I'll, I'll explain a little on. When he passed the valley of Eskol, now, I really wish all right, so I woke up this morning, again, I woke up at 4 or 5. I woke up this morning, I was like, God, I, you know, I, I, my sermon is going this way, but I want to say this, and God says, okay, it's a bit too late to change too much. But, so let me explain. Bear with me, I've, I don't have good maps to show you, even though it's in, in my desktop, right? right. God, uh, when, when, when Caleb passed through the valley of Eshcol, do you know that in that valley of Eshkol or Hebron or the land of Mamre, right? That has many, many fortresses and cities and strongholds. That was the land of the Anakites, the giants and the Nephilims. But yet, Caleb says, I see all that but yet I also see that the land is exceedingly good because Caleb does not see with the eyes of his natural. Caleb sees with the eyes of the supernatural. And I want all of us here to catch that spirit this morning, that you may see your problems in the eyes of the natural. But I want you to now see your problems in the eyes of the supernatural. You know, as I, as I was praying, you know, God just impressed upon me all the things that, 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 that all the events that I've, I've, I've done in the last two to three months. And, and God, says, do you remember your thoughts as you do this event? So bear with me for two minutes. I'll go through my personal talk with God. Is that okay? You know, a few, one, one month ago, I did a flood relief with, with the young adults. You know, I'm always so encouraged. And as I do it, and they are a lot more faithful than me. They go in almost uh, uh, once or twice a week and they do it. Thank you so much, Andrew and Pastor Jeremy and the team. You know, uh, uh, you guys are amazing. So I joined them once. I had the privilege to join them once. And you know what I saw? i tell you what I saw. I'm also realistic. I saw the poor. I saw houses being devastated. I saw uh, I, I saw how they lived. I saw you know after floods, right? There's so much debris, and with the debris comes with all the gunk and all the all the, the feces uh, and all the flies. And I saw all that, but I also saw another thing. Do that, those are my eyes, the natural, but I saw another thing. Do you know who, Do you know what I saw? Who I saw? I saw the Andrews, the Pastor Jeremys, the Fionas, the Kevin. And forgive me if I failed to mention your name. I think I I spoke, Chrissy Up was there. CS was there, I talked to some of you. I think Fritz was there, I think Michelle was there. I saw all these people, forgive I Amber was there. Uh, uh, Forgive me if I forget your name. And when I saw this generation, there was about 30, 40 of them. I go, God, do you know what I see? I see a generation that loves your community. I see a generation that would rise up and help people. I see a generation that is on the rise. And I was so encouraged. And that encouraged me more than, than all the debris I see. Amen, church? You know, as I, had my, as I was planning a lot of things, and there's a lot of giants that I see, a lot of problems in the land, uh, uh, God blessed me with the first YA night of the, of, of, of the year. And of course, I did it with Pastor Miranda, Pastor Aaron, and Pastor Joel. I was so blessed. But in that YA night, In the natural, it was a good program. In the natural, we said good things. We prayed good worship. But you know what I saw that night? As I go home and I prayed, do you know what I saw? I saw a generation of leaders that would come amidst all these COVID fears, amidst everything that they would come, and they would still be in the presence of God. They would still worship, and I saw the next generation of leaders, and I was truly, truly encouraged. You know what I saw? Okay, forgive me, I know I know, Aaron and Miranda is here, but I'm gonna pretend you're not here. I saw a team. That would, that, would, that would serve God together with me. I saw Aaron and Miranda and Joel, and of course, the spouses. Of course, my wife was there. Of course, Adele was there. I, and of course, the zone leaders were there. I saw all of you running together with me, and I was so encouraged. That's what I saw. Do you know, as I, as I, I walk at the place and, and I speak to some of you, do you know what I saw? I'm going to name three names. Now, forgive me if I didn't prepare you to name your name, but I know you will forgive me. I saw the Auntie Betty. I saw the Auntie Lily. And I saw the Auntie Alice. Do you know who they are? These are the generation that has eaten more salt than I've eaten rice. Is that okay? Yeah? So listen, this, this, is, is that okay? That's politically correct? All right. They are the generation that eats more salt than eat rice. So as I speak to them, I see in the natural, yes, in the natural, they are who they are. They've gone what they've gone through. But you know what I see in the supernatural? As I stepped down and I was praying just now over there, you know what I saw? I saw a generation that amidst all the fears, that amidst all the problems in the world, I saw a generation that would still follow God wholeheartedly and they're here serving and they're here sitting down. Amen, church? Amen, church? That's a generation. It is not just about the young generation that would rise up. It is also about the older generation that that would carry the baton of faith. So today, if you're young, if you're old, it doesn't matter right? There is no generation gap. I was just speaking to a few people, just, oh, I got to move on to my sermon. But I, I was speaking with a few people uh, uh, just in a couple of days, and we're talking about the generation gaps, and how the generation gap is getting smaller, and how there is you know, because of digitization, and because how the world is advancing so fast because of COVID, the older generation feels a little left behind, you know, and the younger generation, especially the, the younger than 20s, they feel so empowered because everything now is online, and they, they catch up so fast, everything's on their phone, computer, the tablet. They catch up so fast. And even I, I feel like I'm very text-savvy. I am very tech savvy i can not even keep up with them, man. They're they're doing so fast. But you know, and I go, oh man, how do I bridge the generation gap? How do I bridge the generation gap that one loves to sing hymns? I love to sing hymns, by the way. Another loves to sing a more contemporary. How do we bridge the generation gap? Do you know the answer? we will never bridge that generation gap. One generation would always be older, one generation would always be younger, one generation would always have more energy, one generation would always have a little less energy. But there is one thing that would unite every generation, and I want to encourage every single person today, especially if you're listening online, that this will never change that every generation will always have to be anchored in the love and the faith of God, that we would follow God wholeheartedly. It doesn't matter how old you are. It doesn't matter how young you are. It doesn't matter whether you're sick or whether you're healthy. It doesn't matter whether you're rich or you're poor. If there's anything we can learn from Joshua and Caleb is that in 40 years, Caleb was the guy who's strong. He can tour the land in three months. So he's got the faith. He sees the faith. We are the younger generation. We will see the faith. We will be the muscle. We will be the energy. We would have our time to do and to serve God. But God says, no, you will enter the promised land when you're 80 years old. Why? Because you are the generation of faith. And now you, carrying the baton of faith, will teach the next generation that we have been through a lot, that we have gone through thick and thin, and we are still here loving and serving God. Amen, church? Amen, church? You know, I always say to myself, I wish, well, forgive me if I'm a bit morbid, right? I wish when I'm 80 years old, I also wish I could be still sitting here amongst you. And I would still say, God, I finished the race. I fought the good fight. So younger people today, I know I met some of you, and I met some of you 25 years old today, as young as 25. I want you to think of your life not as you are young and you have energy, good, you have passion, everything. Dude, God is stoking that flame. But I also want you to bear in your mind 5% of your brain space to say that, I want to finish this race well. I want to run this race well. It is not about flying high. It is also about lasting long. Lasting long. Amen, church? It's not just about flying high. It's about lasting long. i I got to continue. What is a different spirit? He saw God's promise. 30 seconds. How do you see your problems this morning? How do you see your mountains? See it in the eyes of the natural, or you're going to see the breakthrough and the victory that God is going to give you in your family, and as you pray for the salvation of your family, as you pray for the health of your family, as you pray for your business, see the victory that God has already prepared for you. What is a different Spirit? Caleb also trusted God. God would lead us. God says, do not be afraid. He trusted God. Caleb obeyed God. Do not rebel against God. Follow God wholeheartedly. God, Caleb is also near to God. God is with us. So these are the different spirits that Caleb carried, summed up in one word Caleb followed God wholeheartedly. Do you know the meaning of the name Caleb? It means faithful wholehearted, faithful, wholehearted. And it is my prayer this morning that we walk out from this service, online or on site, that we will walk out carrying a different spirit, that we will not only see, but when we see, we trust. We not only trust, after we trust, we must obey. And after we obey, we must always be near to God keep being near to God, keep being connected with God and that is carrying a different spirit. And God says, Caleb followed me wholeheartedly. So everybody says, I'm going to carry a different spirit. spirit. And my second point, I carry a different spirit to say, God, give me this mountain. Say with me, give me this mountain. mountain. Amen. Where did I get it from? Joshua 14, chapter 10, verse 12. It says, Let me read it from my Bible. It says, it's on the screen? Amen. It says, Now then, just as the Lord promised, Caleb says, He has kept me alive for 45 years. Remember 40 years in the desert and 5 years uh, conquering the promised land? So God has kept me, Caleb, alive 45 years since the time He said this to Moses. What did He say to Moses? God says, I will give you the inheritance of this land. While Israel moved about in the desert. So here I am today. 85 years old, I am still as strong today as the day Moses sent me out. I am just as vigorous to go out to battle now as I was then. Now, give me this mountain that the Lord has promised me that day. You yourself heard then that the Anakites were there and their cities were large and fortified. But the Lord helping me, I will drive them out." Just as the Lord has says, I will drive them out. You know, there's so many things we can even glean here. Number one, just hold that slide. If you you came yesterday, you would know that God has already said, your enemy is strong, but you can drive them out. Why? Because God has driven them out. And because Caleb understood the promise that God has driven them out and God says, I will drive them out, Caleb there said, I will drive them out just as God has said. I want to also, All to take home that spirit. Whatever mountain you're facing, I want you to take that spirit to say, I can drive them out just as God has promised. I will come back to this point very soon, but I want you to, I want us all to understand the gravity of this mountain that Caleb faced. It's said in this slide is in a map, so this, now I have a map. Thank you, media team. So this morning, I actually sent them a map, very last minute. I said, you must at least put one map up, so thank you for the last minute request. This is the modern-day Israel, is that okay? So of course, the modern-day Israel is something like the olden-day Israel, but you can see Jerusalem uh, uh, there, and then slightly uh, uh, below Jerusalem, you can see Hebron. Hebron resides in the West Bank. The West Bank now is controlled by the Palestinian Authority or the Jordanian Authority depending on where in the West Bank you are. But that's Hebron. Bear in mind where Hebron is. Hebron is the land uh, it's a big area and in that land is the land of Mamre. So I'm not going to talk about Mamre so if you are, if you if you study Genesis you will know exactly what Mamre is and and, and how God gave Mamre to Abraham. Okay, so that's the land of Mamre there, but then there is a valley in that land between Mamre and Hebron. It's called the Valley of Eschol. Now, I want us all, I, I can't pull up the scripture, but trust me when I say in number 13 and 14, you can go and read it. It says that when Caleb and Joshua and the 12 spies walked through the land and as they were returning to Moses, on their way back, they passed a valley, a valley of Eshcol in the land of Hebron and the land of Memra. And in that valley of Eshcol is where they cut their grapes and their figs and their pomegranate and their milk and honey. And they brought it all to Moses and says, the land is exceedingly good. This is the product of the land. So when they passed through, I believe, as Caleb passed through, and of course they were spies, and you know, and they had to go under the cover of darkness to cut and everything. They also, as I've already mentioned, they saw fortresses. They saw city. You know, this is one of the richest in that time, the richest area of vegetation, of agriculture, of pasture in the whole promised land. It was rich, and that is why you would have the descendants of the Nephilim that would reside there. It is the descendants of the Nephilim that is the tribe of the Anakites, or in in the book of Judges and Samuel, the Enachim tribe. What is the special about this tribe? This tribe, the descendant of this tribe is actually Goliath. Goliath comes from the tribe of the Anakim, or the Anakites, or the Nephi limbs. They are giants in the land. They are ten foot tall, eight foot tall. They are huge people. When they carry their sword, their sword is as tall as me, and their broad sword is as tall as me. So when they entered the land, I believe Caleb said, I'm coming back for you. When, they, when Caleb saw the giants, I, I just put myself in Caleb's shoes. There may be giants in this land but God is for me. Who can be against me? You may look big and strong, but do you know that I have a God who is bigger and stronger than you? Do you know that I have a God? And when I see this mountain, I say, great are you, Lord. Give me this mountain. I want to reside in this land. And 45 years later, when, when it's time for Joshua to divide the land among all the tribes, I bet as they sit you can imagine sit at the round table and Joshua says okay head of the tribes which land would you like uh, to have and i bet everybody saw the most the richest land the land of Hebron the land of the valley of Eshkol and everybody says oh i want that land but the Anakites still live there the nephilim still live there and Caleb says give me this mountain this is the mountain i will conquer and Caleb says i will drive them out. This morning, I want to remind all of us that we are on our third year of COVID. We are. There are a lot of mountains that we are all facing, including the mountain of the fear of the rising cases of COVID. The fear of, could there be a lockdown? Is it going to open international borders? Are the cases going to reach 50,000? Uh, you know, what about my little kids? There, it, all talks out there. But today, I want us all to say, as a church, we are not going to be the ten that says, oh, we're going to lose this battle. We're going to lose to COVID. We're going to lose to my business. The economy is so bad. Malaysia's doomed. The politics here is, is, is crazy. Oh, there's no future for me. The education is not so good as compared to other places. I don't want us to be the 10. We are going to be the two. That we're going to say, this land is exceedingly good. We we'd only see in the eyes of the natural. And I'm going to speak into your heart of faith today. I know you see in the natural that it may not look as encouraging as you have hoped to be, but I want to say we're going to be like Caleb and Joshua. This land is exceedingly good. I got to know Jesus Christ in Kuala Lumpur, in Malaysia. I got to know Him and my faith grew here. And I want my sons, I want my daughters, and I want their children's children's faith to grow in this country and they will inherit this land together with me. That is the cry and the desire of our hearts, to carry that different spirits. And as Caleb says, I am coming back for you Anakites. Forty years, 45 years later, oh, I am here now, and I will drive them out. But here, check this out. Caleb is 85. How do you expect him to fight an 8-foot, 10-foot giant Read onwards. Okay, this is a bonus feature. Read onwards to chapter 15. Caleb says, I'm going to send my son-in-law off Neil to defeat the Anakites. You see, generations, whether young or old, we need each other. We need the older generation to stand in, the, in, in in the baton of faith. To say, God has spoken to me. God says, This is mine. But I know in prudent faith, that I don't have the actual physical strength to fight a giant. So I'm going to send my son, Othniel, you go fight the giant. Who is Othniel? Othniel is the first judge of Israel. Okay, that's coming. That's a, that's a preview for the book of Judges that we're going to do in a Q3 this year. But Othniel is the first judge. And Othniel is the one who defeated three Anarchites in that region and chased them all to the land of Gaza uh, uh, that's, that that site, uh, uh, if you see the map, uh, uh, the land of Gaza, and in the book of Samuel, Goliath came from the land of Gaza, and then David killed the last of the five giants that stayed in the land. Younger generation, we need to look up to the older generation to say, you have had and held that faith, and you stood your ground for 85 years. How did you do it? An older generation, We need to empower and believe in the next generation that we have the energy, the time, and the zealousness and the gung-holeness to say, I am going to slay this giant. And together, we take the promised land. Together, we inherit the land. Together, we drive the Anakites out and we stay in Hebron. Amen, church? Give me this mountain. What are the mountains in your life that you're facing? You know, just yesterday, somebody texted me. Thank you for praying. I faced my family mountains for four to five years. I've not conquered this mountain yet, but I'll take the step of faith to forgive and to love and to start building that family. I've got another one texting me and says, thank you for praying. I've had my business almost going under, but little by little, God is going to improve and bring my business back. And today I want to say to you, everybody listening today, identify that mountain. List it down. Prudent faith, these are my mountain. But you carry a different spirit and you follow God wholeheartedly and then you speak God's promise into the mountain and you say, give me this mountain. I'm not going to do it myself. I'm going to do it with a handful of my mentees. I'm going to do it with the people that I'm coaching. I'm going to do it with my cell group. I'm going to bring people along with me to conquer this mountain together. Amen, church? Amen? You know, when you've said, give me this mountain, I really love this last point. And the last point is this. Strong is strong. Joshua 14. Now say it with me. Strong is strong. Joshua 14, 10 to 12. It says, I'm going to read it one more time. Now then, so here I am today, 85 years old. I'm still as strong today as the day Moses sent me out. I'm just as vigorous to go out to battle now as I was then. I I asked how many is 80? How many here is 85? Anybody? How many of here is close to 80, 85? You're close, you're close. You're close, you're, yeah. okay, we've got one. Hello? <laughs> I have seen a pastor. Hello? We've got one or two, one or two. Okay, you're close to 85. I want to encourage you this morning. You are not a dying generation, young generation. Don't call them a dying generation. They're not. Caleb and Joshua says, I am still as strong today, 85, and I'm still as vigorous today at 85 years old to conquer this mountain, right? Younger generation, we need to also carry that spirit to say that I will work in strength. But do you know what the secret of Caleb is to say I am still strong enough to defeat this giant? It's, 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 it's said later on. Caleb said, I know that God has come through for me in Jericho. I, Gilgore, at the waters of Merom, I know that God has made the sun stand still. So when God says He will give it to me, I will drive them out. But it's not Caleb alone. It is Caleb and his tribe. Which tribe? I believe it's the tribe of Judah. Right? He says, I will do it. But not just me, but together with my tribe. You know what this teaches us? We have a saying in SIBKL. Big is not strong. Small is not strong. Strong is, I want to add a little bit more to it. Young is not strong. Old is not strong. Strong is strong. So just because you're younger, just because you consume more digital images or more digital content online, that just because you, can, you know what the churches are doing in this country, in that country, you know how modern all the other churches are, you know how cool and how hip all the other preachers are, does not mean you are strong. Just because you're 80 years old and you've, you, you always say, we, I've eaten more salt than you've eaten rice, I've gone through more things in life, I've gone through the hardships, I'm still here, does not also mean you're strong. We are only strong when we are strong in the Lord. Do you know, oh, a little preview of the book of Judges. Do you know why in the book of Judges, the Israelites were struggling against the Canaanites? They were struggling against the parasites. Do you know in Joshua 11 to 20, it always says, go read it for yourself. If almost every chapter ends this way. They conquered the land, but, they conquered the land, but they did not conquer this. They conquered this area, but they did not conquer this. Why? I tell you why. Oh, I wish I could read more i tell you why. Because Joshua and Caleb heard for themselves 45 years ago that God says, I will give you the land. They had a word from God. And that's why their faith was so vigorous and so zealous, even at 85 years old. But unfortunately, the next generation did not hear from the Lord personally. Unfortunately, they only heard it from a second faith that is from Joshua and Caleb. So they did not have the heart to drive out all the Canaanites. They did not have the heart to drive out all the Jebusites from Jerusalem. And they were remaining in Jerusalem until King David conquered the city. They could have conquered the city. God already promised, I will give it all to you. But they did not have the heart because they did not hear from the Lord. It's not, young is not strong. Old is not strong. It's only when you've got a personal conviction in the Lord that you become strong. So whatever mountains and giants you're facing this morning, you must have that personal conviction that God has spoken to you to conquer this mountain. And no matter how old or how young you are, you would say to the mountain, give me this mountain because God has promised it to me and my generation and my generations and there generations I want to close with this two categories of people number one the first category is you've heard a word from the Lord many years ago but you've forgotten it you've heard maybe from the word of the Lord that you will be a spiritual parent maybe that you will be a great businessman maybe, whatever it is, that you want to serve God maybe, that you want to be a leader in the church, that you want to join a cell group, that you want to serve in church or you want to be a spokesperson for the nation or you wanted to do a startup company and you felt very strongly God has spoken to you. But because life has taken over, because the mountains are huge, you have forgotten and you're discouraged. We want to pray for you this morning. And number two, if you have not heard from God, and you're doubting, God, have you spoken to me? God, what is your promise for me? This morning, I want to pray for you. And I want God to speak to you. And as we sing this last song, I want you to really ask God. And maybe in the next three minutes, you may not get a word, but keep pressing on. Do you know what? Permit me another one minute. Do you know why Joshua stood out? Oh, we're going to the book of Deuteronomy in the next few months. Do you know why Joshua stood out? Because every time you see Moses, it says Joshua stayed in the presence of God. Joshua stayed in the presence of God. Joshua stayed in the presence of God. When God spoke to Joshua, I don't believe it's just once. I believe because he stayed, and he stayed, and he stayed, and Joshua was convinced in the spirit and his heart of hearts that God has spoken to him. So I wanna encourage you today that we're gonna start, but stay in the presence of God. Keep coming to church. Keep joining our altars. Keep coming to sell. Keep serving. And God will speak to you. Amen, church? So if you are in category one, where God has spoken a promise to you, but you've forgotten, and now you remember, and now you want to tell the mountain, give me this mountain. Could you rise to your feet as I pray for you this morning? Right now, just rise to your feet if you're convicted. Second category. If you don't know what that promise is, you don't know, God, have you spoken to me? I'm not too sure. Can you please speak to me? Could you also rise to your feet as we pray for you? Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. I'm just going to give you another one minute to just remain in this attitude of worship. Just begin to ask God. God, I, I want to hear from you. God, I humble myself before you. Oh, I need you, God. Oh, I need you, God. Oh, I need you, God. Come and speak to me, God. I love you, God. Come and speak to me, God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I want to know that mountains are still being moved, strongholds are still being loosed giants are still being slain. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Father God, for the first category of people, Father God, you have already spoken a word to them. Many years ago, many months ago, many days ago, many years ago, you've spoken a word for them, Father Lord Jesus, but life, life that is tough, life, the journey that is long, the journey that is tough. But Father Lord Jesus, we know that the journey is always sure and yes and amen in Jesus Christ. So I pray in the name of Jesus that you will always revive that dry bone inside of them today. You will revive that spirit inside of them today and they will be able to say to their mountains, give me that mountain because the Lord has promised it to me. Hallelujah, whether it's your family or whether it's your business or whether it's your health or whether it's serving in church or whatever it is, Lord Jesus, I pray, Father God, you will revive that promise that you have given them. And in the next few days, in the next few weeks, in the next few months, they will begin to grow that Word of God. They will begin to live out that Word of God that you have spoken to them. Father God, I pray for another category of people, Father God, that we're always asking you, God, have you spoken to me? God, what is your Word for me? God, what is your specific promise for me? What is my calling? What is my purpose? Lord Jesus, in the name of the Father and the Son of the Holy Spirit, I pray, Holy Spirit, you give them an impartation this morning that they will know, first of all, that you are loved by God, that you are called by God you are loved by God and God has a special purpose and a destiny for you and I pray in the name of Jesus that you will tell them in their heart of hearts what that word is what that promise is and that they will grow it and that they will live it hallelujah thank you Jesus thank you Jesus there are some of us here that were going through a new season in our life you're going through a new season I don't know what it is. It could be a job. It could be a family. It could be a relationship. But you're going through a new season. And if that is you, I really just want to pray for you because God is saying that this is your new season and He will journey with you in this new season. Hallelujah. Let's all raise our hands in faith to God. Thank you, Jesus. Father God, I pray, Father God, for for, for those who are going through a new season and I feel like going through a new job maybe, or maybe you're going through a new relationship maybe, or you're praying for just something new in your life maybe, God is saying to you that He will journey with you. He will journey with you. He's a God that's saying to you, do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged because I am with you. So we thank you, Father God. I pray, Lord Jesus Christ, that we will all carry the same spirit, the spirit of faith. It doesn't matter what generation we belong to, whether X or Y or Alpha or Beta, or it doesn't matter what Z or G generation we belong to nowadays, Father God. But we would all have in the Christian life, All generations are linked together by the spirit of faith and the spirit of love in Jesus Christ. So I pray, Lord Jesus Christ, that we will always be together in this journey, in crossing over, taking the future. We're going to move forward together, Father God. So separate us now with your love, with your wisdom, with your grace, with your mercy, with your hope. Father God, may your face will always shine upon us and you watch our going in. are going out we love you lord we honor you god in jesus name we all say Amen. amen amen